As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Wait a minute. Hold your horses. Nordo, what week is it? It's Rams week. What week is it? It's Rams week. So if the Vikings game is on a Thursday, technically for us, that's a Sunday, which makes Wednesday a Saturday, which makes today a Friday, which means technically it's post time for the Friday football feast. Football Feast PA and Charge Stands tall. 6'5 guy rolls to the left, runs inside the 10 to the 5. Josh Allen reaches for the end zone, and it's a Bills touchdown. Josh Allen's first career rushing touchdown has given the adversary a 6-0 lead. Cousins takes the snap. Here he's hit by Jerry Hughes, and he dropped it. The Bills have turned over the Vikings again. Holy cow. Jerry Hughes off the edge from the backside of Kirk Cousins with a strip sack. Matt Milano recovers it, and the Buffalo Bills are close to the red zone again with a 10-0 lead. Allen goes out of the shotgun, puts running back Marcus Murphy in motion to the right. He looks that way, but now he fades to an uncovered man. He's, it's caught at the five. It's Chrome. It's backup tight end Jason Kroom, uncovered, caught it at the five, walked into the end zone, and it's 16-0 Buffalo. This is absolutely ridiculous. Minnesota 0 of 2 on third down. Cousins out of the shotgun. Blitz is picked up. Pats the ball. Fires left. Incomplete. He overthrew Thielen by eight yards. What's happening here? This is unbelievable. And now Matt Wiles into punch. Thielen was wide open. Allen with a play action. Hunter's all over him again. Allen runs out right. Dump caught Ivory. Wide open. 40, 30, 20. Angles right to the 10. First and goal. Buffalo down at the 5. These uncovered players, this is becoming unbelievable. That was a 55-yard catch and run by veteran Chris Ivory. So, for Vikings fans, if Thursday is a Sunday, Wednesday is a Saturday, and Tuesday is a Friday... Um... Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Which means the Brian Heating and Cooling Studios at FM 100.3 The Fan have become a makeshift Friday football feast. And if it's a feast, the co-host from Fanball.com, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Churchian. And the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, the host of 9 to Noon, Paul Allen. Hey! 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 Hey!
That sounds like a heck of a radio show. I might want to listen. What's up, Charchi? Um, I'm mostly emotionally recovered from Sunday, but not entirely, and um, already starting to turn the page and figure out how the Vikings uh, have a chance against uh, what looks to be an excellent, excellent Rams team. We thought the Bills game was a cinch. Where yep. did we go wrong? Well, we went wrong a few places. One number, and I, you know, it's all a lot. It's a lot clearer now, isn't it? Um, offensive line will never make any game a cinch until it gets a lot better because you can have a systemic failure that's so severe with the offensive line that it affects every part of the team. And that's that's a lot of the culprit, I believe, uh, from Sunday. And it means that it, no game is safe because it just you you can't you can't know if this kind of game is coming. And if it does, then the Vikings are really going to struggle to win, much like we saw in 2016 when the offensive line simply, you know, just just limited the team in every way, not just offensively but defensively as well. And then, you know, didn't do do enough to contain uh, Josh Allen, particularly as a runner. It was not a great passing game for Josh Allen, but you know, really needed to be a, have a much better awareness of the ability that he that he would bring uh, with his legs ability to, to score touchdowns get get first downs and uh roll out of the pocket and we didn't do any kind of containment on him so i think those if i look back those are the two things that that set up a shocking as the biggest the most surprising loss for sure since 41 donut and maybe ever i mean you know there are people who feel this is the biggest upset in the history of bookmaking <laughs> so you know i don't feel like we were on the wrong side of believing that there was no way the vikings would lose because that's you know every piece of evidence we had going in was that way how did it work out last night in in which regard you uh you massaging kirk cousins right shoulder because he threw 55 times Paul, it was there was a lot of knots, a lot of cramping. Um, we hydrated well. I used a, a variety of restorative oils yes. on on that shoulder, and I think that uh, I think that's going to help right there. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, it, you know, the funny thing is, as good as we felt about Kirk in the passing game after that Packers game, you know, you feel this you feel this upside down about the whole thing just one week later. We're such a you know, it's such a fickle sport. We say play so few games, right? Yeah. Unlike baseball, where you just shrug off, uh, you know, a one-sided loss. You know, with football, these things, um, these things feel and really are so meaningful, and it, 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 you know, you just, you know, if, if we're still carrying the, the psychic weight of that one, that loss. So, if Thursday is a Sunday for Vikings fans, that means Wednesday is a Saturday, which means you need to mow the lawn and, and um, organize your garage, <laughs> which means Tuesday is a Friday, and this is a uh, makeshift Friday football feast open with Paul Charchian from Fanball.com. How do we beat these Rams? Aqib Tlaib not playing, Marcus Peters most likely not playing. Yep, that's the single biggest advantage, and it's it's not it's not a, a a minor advantage. Both starting cornerbacks out. I mean, imagine if that were happening with the Vikings right now, and how we'd be feeling. There'd be I think there'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of concern, and reasonably so. And that's um that's that's the first area of attack as far as I'm concerned is go at your backup cornerbacks. Sam Shields, who's not, by the way, not very good, but at least he's a veteran. And then something called Troy Hill. Right. No idea who Troy Hill is, but he will likely be starting at cornerback in this game. Remember, they traded away Tremaine Johnson in the offseason. So you know, they have their their corners were elite. Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib, they're out. They still have a very good nickel cornerback, Nickel Roby Coleman. And... He will. Uh, he'll handle Adam Thielen, but Steph Diggs needs to have a big, big game for the Vikings to win. PA and charge fantasy pickup joint. Uh, do you pick up Josh Rosen? 
I, I, based on what we saw in the the small amount of work he got at the end of last uh, of last Sunday's game, I would say no, because uh, I didn't like what I saw, and that offense has got all kinds of problems. I would pick up Josh Allen before I'd pick him up. And how about this guy for a pickup? Ryan Tannehill, available in 92% of leagues. Wow. And all he's done is throw for multiple touchdowns in every game and, by the way, win 10 of his last 11 starts. Ryan Tannehill is the single most unappreciated player in the National Football League, Paul. And he's got the Patriots this week. Patriots just got hammered by Blake Bortles and Matthew Stafford in back-to-back games. And get this. Right. How about this? Stafford and It's Tannehill versus Patriots. Paul, if the Dolphins win, they're three games and the tiebreaker up on the Patriots in the division. How about that turn of events? Any other pickups you love? Yeah, there's uh, there's more than just that, and the biggie for this week is going to be Calvin Ridley, Paul. Yeah. This is the rookie receiver from the Falcons who put up three touchdowns last week, the same three touchdowns Julio Jones has scored going back to all of last year and this year, and he looks absolutely sensational, and it's, he is going to put a dent in Julio Jones' productivity. We're already seeing it, and I'm totally on board with him being being legit as a as a fantasy factor on your team. He gets the Bengals this week. Bengals secondary hasn't played well. They've got one good cornerback. He'll be facing off against Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley's got a great matchup this week as well. Available in 59% of leagues. Hey, um, uh, we have another contest this weekend at Fanball.com. We do. Another $30,000 contest at Fanball.com. And again, it's just for this week. Now, week four. It will cost you nothing to play. It's a paid contest, but you get a free entry when you go to Fanball.com slash radio. And uh, just set a lineup for week four. And... Uh, it's a Sunday lineup, so you can't use Rams, so you don't even have to worry about the bad mojo of being tempted to start Rams against your Vikings. So I like that part as well. So our uh, our $25,000 uh, prize pool winner was from Maple Grove a couple of weeks ago. We'll try to get uh, another local guy in for, or gal, in for a bunch of money on the $30,000 prize this week. It's fanball.com slash radio, the only way to get that free entry. My man, have a good time at the Friday Football Feast, Buffalo Wild Wings Champlain Friday. I'll do my best to get there. Uh, we'll understand if you uh, cannot, but we will uh, we will certainly persevere, and I believe... I think, is this the first one for Nordo ever? Is this going to be, are we breaking Maiden right here? Nordo! Yeah, back here at the Brian Heating and Cooling Studios on a Tuesday football feast. Uh, I am excited to make my feast uh, feast debut up in Champlin on Friday. debut, Champlin Friday. Talk to you then. Thanks, bud. See you. Paul Charchi and Fanball.com. Nordo's the producer, and I'm Paul Allen. On the radio show today, around the corner, Nordo's NFC numbers, top five in the NFC, or so says the producer of 9 to Noon. Mike Florio from ProFootballTalk.com, 20 minutes from now. The Twins techie, Timberwolves techie, Aaron Gleeman in studio, 955. Russo Radio in studio at 1055. I'm Paul Allen. This is FM 100.3 The Fan. Good morning. And just a reminder, you get paid off just for doing what you always do, listening to the fan every day. Listen to the fan all day for your chance to win $1,000 every single hour. This hour, your keyword is win. That's what we hope the Vikings do on Thursday night. Text the word win to 200-200. 
Standard message and data rates apply. Keep listening to the fan. It's PA in charge on the fan. Programming on the fan brought to you in part by Papa John's. Uh, it should be the final week for baseball out there, but if the Twins win this evening, you get paid off tomorrow with half off large and extra large pizzas with the code TWINSWIN at PapaJohns.com. It is now post time for Nordo's NFC numbers, debuted it last week. Top five opinions in the National Football Conference. Uh, we, um, with the Vikings losing, I would imagine they dropped out of Nordo's super special top five, but uh, who knows? Let's see. I mean, I'm a rube. I love my Minnesota Vikings. Right. But my God, okay, you can't put them in the top five when they do what they did at home a couple of days ago against the Buffalo Bills. To remind UPA, last week it was Rams one, yep. Vikings two, okay. Packers three, Bucks four, yep. Philly five. We're still having fun. We're one, one, and one. There's been some shakeups. That's yeah, very controversial. Uh, just to let you know, some teams that uh, were not in the mix this week, uh, the Chicago Bears. Yeah. They are not in the top five. Uh, I believe they're going to falter and have trouble scoring points. I think they w- they get the win at Arizona. Okay. We're happy for you. So against- first place in a division, and now we're prognosticating what they're going to do in week four. You're saying the Bears are not in the top five. Bears are not in the top five. Carolina at two and one. Not in the top five. What do you got against Norv scoring 30 every game? Uh, I think they might score. They have Giants, Ravens, Bucks, Seahawks, Saints, Falcons. I think they have an opportunity to win five of those six remaining home games. It's Giants, Panthers this weekend? Uh, it's Giants. Uh, that's their next home game. It might okay. be Giants this weekend. I'll take a peek at that to be sure. Yeah, that would be Norv v. Shermer. But they don't travel well, so I think the Panthers are going to struggle. Uh, the Packers' defense had some serious problems, and will having more so going forward. Mo Wilkerson, done for the year, PA. Uh, so they do not make it into my top five after losing on the road. To Adrian Peterson, Alex Smith, yep. and the Washington Redskins. And like us, they're still having fun. They're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Number five. Uh, let's head out to Capital City. Adrian Peterson, the running back. Oh, Ryan my Anderson, God. Anderson, the fullback. From two yards out, Alex Smith turns, gives it to Peterson, gets hit, spins at the goal line. He is right there. I think he's in. Jay Gruden on the field calls a timeout with 21 seconds left. He's in, baby. Larry. They're going to say the push gets him into the end zone for a touchdown. Larry Michael, ESPN 980, the call. That's an Adrian Peterson TD, one of two he had against the green and gold on Sunday, PA. You're such a prisoner of the moment. Oh, my God, this team got killed at home by Indy. Uh, The definition of prisoner of the moment is indeed doing NFC numbers, okay? Yeah. So I'm living in the moment. And I'm living with a 2-1 and one Washington Redskins uh, squad. They go and handle Arizona in, in Glendale. 
Then they lose at home to that indie squad, like you mentioned, but they just mauled Rodgers and the Packers on Sunday. Mm-hmm. At one point, it was, I think, 28 uh, 3. The Packers had no shot, no hope, no yep. chip chair or chance. Cindy cried. Uh, Adrian Peterson running the ball at four plus a carry right now, PA. I yeah. absolutely dig that. Yeah. Uh, for that system, and Alex Smith, who needs that running game, and he's going to work in the Paul Richardson types, and Jamison Crowder is going to get a lot of opportunities. Okay. Not to mention, they have one of the better tight ends in all of the NFL. And Jordan Reed. Yep. Uh, the defense, by the way, with a healthy Jonathan Allen. Mm-hmm. Remember Jonathan Allen, oh, highly yeah. touted out of Alabama. In studio nine to noon two years ago. Correct. Represented by a guy we love, Blake Barrett. Uh, Jonathan Allen being healthy helps the interior of that defensive front. Secondary is not hideous. Uh, I like them a bit. Now, here's where it gets fun is at two and one, the Redskins go and face New Orleans in the bayou next. So that'll change things, potentially. Yeah. We shall see. So Washington Redskins, number five That's in great. my NFC numbers, week three edition. Adorable. Number four. These guys are still in the mix. Bucks trail 30 to 20. That's it. Line of scrimmage is the Pittsburgh Steeler 24-yard line. Got quiz Rodgers. Go Bucks. To the Go no. Of Fitzpatrick, here is the snap. Here comes a stunt, and it's picked up. Here's a pass. Left corner, there's a hurt Mike Evans. He makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Three Buccaneers. The Buccaneers get six. Need one more to make it a three-point ball game. Fire the cannons. Mike Evans is the new record holder for the Bucks in touchdown grabs as a receiver. Uh, WFUS, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Radio. Network. I look at the Bucks, and I had them in the four spot last week. They do not change, despite last night's uh, tight loss to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they showed some imperfections. Uh, Fitzpatrick made some massively huge mistakes last night. Threw a few picks that were just ugly. They have some injuries to the secondary, I think, that are affecting them. Uh, they cannot run the ball, and uh, I think that's going to be a problem in the long term. Fitzpatrick sets an NFL record by throwing 400-plus three straight games, but it's because he has to, because they can't get Peyton Barber, Jaquiz Rogers, yep. those guys moving at all. Uh, they go to Chicago this weekend. Good game. And uh, they, they're going to be bumped from the rankings, and I would predict they never get back if they lose at Chicago. If they win at Chicago, right. now we got something going for the Bucks in the NFC South. A topic for your fourth representative in uh, Nordo's NFC numbers. Jameis Winston is now eligible. Yeah. Do they stick with your guy Fitzmagic, or do they go back to Jameis Winston? I think the right call is sticking with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, especially this weekend, because they go to Chicago, but then they have the bye. So I think that that'll be the tricky right. talker coming out of the bye week six Good when they bit. go to Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, so they're number four. The Bucks stay in the same spot. Number three. Uh, as I mentioned, Packers bumped. Mo Wilkerson gone. Team disastrous at the Skins this weekend, which means in the third spot, uh, these guys made a big jump for me. Breeze will come out under center. Jonathan Williams, the tailback. He fakes the handoff. Wide open. Zach Line. He's going to reach across the goal line. Zach Line, the fullback, with the touchdown for the Saints. Hey, and the Saints Vikings. tie the Atlanta Falcons with the extra point remaining 29-29. Just inside 10 minutes remaining here in Atlanta. I got to give that play-by-play guy credit. His name is Zach Streif. He's a longtime offensive lineman in the NFL for the New Orleans Saints. In fact, in the 09 NFC title game, he was young in his career. He was the guy they used to go unbalanced with the extra offensive lineman. Hmm. I have no idea how main man pulled it off. 
but he ascended to the Vox job for the New Orleans Saints. Very young in his career, uh, very raw on the mic from a play-by-play standpoint. Was he on the field uh, opening night last year with the Saints? I believe he was on the team. So he went, oh, he went straight from the yeah. field to the booth I then? Think, I think he did. Woo. Yeah, I got to give Main Man credit. I got no idea how he pulled it off, but he did, and now he's on lead vocals. Yeah, I know longtime Vox Jim Henderson retired, and then uh, Deuce McAllister still in the mix for WWL yeah. flagship, uh, flagship station, New Orleans Saints. Saints number three, Nordos NFC numbers. Uh, they made a big jump for me because they went to Atlanta this weekend, snagged a victory in an absolute shootout. Uh, Saints get the nod over the Bucks, uh, despite losing to them in the opener. I think uh, Fitzpatrick and the Buccaneers have started to show some warts that uh, I look at them as just not being as strong a squad at this ba- uh, at this stage. I mentioned they can't run the ball. Saints dropped nearly 400 passing and 143 on the ground on just a hideous Falcons defense that might just get worse as they continue to deal with injuries. They've lost both their starting safeties now as Ricardo Allen is out for the season. Uh, next up. This is uh, this is the Giants' week for uh, for Shermer and company. Saints go to New York uh, to face the Giants this weekend. Yeah, I like the Saints in that spot. It's an ascending team. It was my team to beat in the NFC to get to the Super Bowl. Got off to a little bit of a bumpy start, but the Saints have lost their season opener five of six times, so no surprise there. Uh, well done with uh, uh, number three. Well, here's my question to you quickly, not that this is uh, Saints special. Uh, but this defense has given up like 103 points in the first three games. PA, they get 48 dropped on them by the Bucks in Week One. Yeah, they grind it out with the with the uh, with the Browns in Week Two, and then they get the shootout. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore and you know Cam right. Jordan and all these guys. What what's up with well, that defense? Y- you know a um, and a big point there. Uh, a I'm not sure what's up with the defense. I, I I haven't followed New Orleans defense closely enough to to have. Uh, to have a learned answer, uh, but I do know they traded up in the draft to get the Texas San Antonio defensive end Marcus Davenport. Ooh, Davenport, yeah. And they really, really liked him, and they wanted to bookend Cam Jordan with him, and that was going to help them with their pass rush. Maybe that's not working. I don't know, though. Mm. Number two. Just a couple more to go. This team also made quite a jump in Nordo's numbers. It is second and two at the four and a half. Smallwood in the game. Slot to the far side. Lone receiver to the near side. Wentz in the gun. Motion. Aiken. Give. Small one. Up the middle. He's in. Touchdown. Eagles take the lead. That's 94 WIP Eagles Radio. Uh, Mr. Merrill Reese did not go from the field to the booth. He's been doing that for a while, wearing the mink and just looking fantastic out in Philly. Uh, 20 to 16, the victory of the Eagles over the Colts. Uh, The biggest thing for me here is it's a bit of an equity play here because they're defending Super Bowl champions. They get their big-time QB back after slumming it with Foles the first two weeks. You yeah. had kind of turned back into a pumpkin well bet. Uh, from the Foles bit. Defense still very scrappy and frustrating. Uh, in a very flawed NFC, they're a team that gets the benefit of the doubt from me. And they beat Atlanta in the opener. Yeah. Lost down in Tampa. That was a bit of a grinder. Again, Foles making some mistakes in that big spot. And now that they have Carson Wentz back, I think that's a galvanizing force. Yeah. And so I put them at number two on the numbers. Yeah, I love how you laid it out. And not only off the equity, but they're down Alshon Jeffrey, Darren Sproles, Jay Ajayi. I think they lost Mike Wallace for the season. Wentz is off an ACL. They're trying to mix Michael Bennett into 
the uh, the defensive line package bit. Michael's good, and it's going to help, but there's a long play angle to it. Eagles are is a long play team. When you win the Super Bowl, you're, you're not going to come out of the gate firing at 100%. All cylinders will not be firing probably until middle-ish, October, Halloween-ish, but Eagles, if somebody says Eagles best team NFC, even even above the Rams, I'm not going to argue with you because they got equity. Number one. Oh, it is number Speaking one. Speaking of the Rams. Second goal from the six. Shotgun snap to Goff, who's empty. He oh. throws over the middle. It's caught. Robert Woods takes a would-be tackler into the end zone. Touchdown, L.A. And with 3.19 to go in the third quarter, their lead, 34-20. Uh, that's ESPN LA AM 710. Uh, they're here because they're perfect, and they haven't been tested by any opponent thus far. Yeah, uh, They're going to be taking L's, though, because Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib, uh, potentially both gone. Tlaib, for sure, yeah. maybe entire season-type problem with surgery. Can't see Peters playing. Uh, and then if Peters is out as well, this is how the purple and gold dust off that nasty 27-6 loss and just throw that thing right in the garbage yeah. and come back to life with a big win on Thursday. Uh, speaking of dusting off, though, they're going to be dusting off guys like Sam Shields, longtime Packer, uh, throwing him in the secondary. Yep. He plays uh, a lot already. He does play a lot yeah. already. Okay, good. Uh, but with that said, until they're beaten, I think they got to sit in that spot mm-hmm. uh, as the best team in the NFC. Barely stated, got uh, the Rams portion of the game-calling depth chart done yesterday, like last year when the Vikings won 24-7. A lot of lofty Rams-related stats, specifically offensively. They just ran up more than 500 yards against the LA Chargers. First time they've had more. The first time they've had like 525 yards since 2006. I think they had 33 first downs in that game against the LA Chargers. First time they've had that many since 03. Gurley has five touchdowns. He had 19 last year, 13 rushing. Uh, Robert Woods ran the ball well last game at a million yards. They, um, yeah, they they are going great guns right now. Offensive lines performing well. Um, so it'll be a great challenge, and um, hopefully the Vikings are up for it Thursday evening on the fan with the kickoff right around 7.20. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, around the corner. It's 9 to noon. You're listening to PA. What a pleasure it is to be on Hashtag Faith Radio with all of these believers this morning. On the fan. Do you have the time? To listen to me whine P. About nothing and everything all at once F.T. I am one of those Football feasts Hey Mike, what's up? Paul Allen Hi Paul, how are you? Hey, with um, with that awful loss Sunday to the Bills uh, Team 1-1-1 one, 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 You know, with, it, with, with the ambiguity surrounding the Saturday night situation with Everson Griffin and, and everything, everything that's been subsequently reported and stuff like that. You know, I wonder if, if those on the Vikings who were legitimately concerned about Everson for whatever the reason, they knew he wasn't playing in the first place and the fact that he wasn't there. I, I wonder if that mental distraction kind of played into the whole thing. Well, look, something wasn't right with this team on, on Sunday, and it was obvious. I I attributed it to the hangover from the Packers tie, the fact that it trickled into Monday with a couple of transactions that Mike Zimmer, the coach of the team, admitted were were traceable to that outcome. The kicker change, the addition of Aldrich Robertson. And so, fine. And then there's the short week 
against the Rams, and I think the Vikings got jobbed a little bit on this one because the Rams were at home for Sunday, and they're at home for Thursday. They didn't have to travel back from anywhere. The Vikings have to travel to L.A., and I thought the NFL had gotten away from that. I thought that the NFL had made sure that the home team in a Thursday night short week game will have traveled in from somewhere and that the road team will be traveling obviously to the site of the game, but that didn't apply here. So it makes it even harder for the Vikings to get ready. And maybe they were thinking that the bills were just a road apple. They could, they could trounce and obviously they weren't. You throw the Everson Griffin news onto it. It doesn't make it any easier to focus on the bills. That's for sure. And something wasn't right with the team on Sunday. And and maybe now that we learn more about Everson Griffin's situation, that that possibly was a factor that would contribute to not just the fact that the Vikings fell into such a deep hole right out of the gates, but they never made an effort or a run or that thing that we all felt was, I know I did from a thousand miles away, I thought it was inevitable that the Vikings at some point would put a couple of scores together and and make it close, almost like what the Ravens did when they fell behind 21-0 Thursday of Week 2 against the Bengals, that they're going to do something to make it an interesting game, and it just never came. Everson is a very emotional individual, personally and professionally. Obviously, his mental well-being matters markedly more than this Thursday night game. Well, absolutely, and that's the top priority now for him, for the team. And Now, the team's top priority, actually, and this is where it becomes a very mercenary type of a sport, it's to get ready and play and win, and they can't worry about Everson Griffin for now because they have to worry about playing games. The next game is coming, and they they need desperately to find a way to win this. 1-2-1 and one through four games is not the way to replicate a 13-3 and three season from last year. So you have to find a way to balance it, and you have to find a way to take care of Everson, but also set that aside for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And if anything, maybe the fact that they're traveling tonight, right? Is that true, they're traveling tonight? Yes. Are you tra- okay, traveling tonight, focusing on Wednesday, playing on Thursday. Yep. In some respects, having... Having that kind of a demanding schedule provides a distraction from the distraction. It gives you something you can focus on, you can sink your teeth into, and you can forget about the other issue until after you get through the Thursday night game. So, the uh, I, look, I don't know how Mike Zimmer gets his team in the right mindset for this one. It's a unique situation, and this is one of the many adversities that teams have throughout the course of a season. This one is just unusual. They don't really have a book for this one on how you get a team through it, but it's going to be a factor, and this is the worst possible time for the Vikings to have their short week game. Florio Pro Football talk.com and yeah, i mean the, the there were just so many weird things sunday man i mean it's like when josh allen uh ran in for the touchdown front left of the end zone Barr was very slow to run with him you know they they just weren't firing off the ball the way they normally do and you know everson again due to a knee injury or whatever they knew he wasn't playing but even when he doesn't play, he's there on the sideline. He's the middle guy, you know, in the middle of the defensive lineman, getting everybody pumped up. And I just, I, I just think that there were people who had, uh, specifically defensively, who had a lot on their minds on Sunday, couldn't overcome it. Then offensively, we didn't run the ball for the final two and a half quarters. The quarterback threw 55 times. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and, and look, at some point, the guy you're paying $28 million a year to needs to step up and pull it all together. He needs to provide what Everson Griffin isn't there to provide, and that's part of what you're paying for. They got it against the Packers. They didn't get it against the Bills at any point during the game. Uh, will the Chicago Bears win the NFC North? 
I think it's still too early to make that declaration, right? Right. You know, let's see. And the Vikings have two games against the Bears. Look, here's the challenge. Can the Vikings put this one behind them? And the best way to put it behind them is to beat the Rams and prove that it was all a fluke. But it doesn't get any easier because the trip to Philadelphia Mm. comes on the mini-bye after the game against the Rams. And it was either a fluke or it wasn't. And I remember some ugly losses in 2016 when it looked like the Vikings were putting something special together. Remember after that Monday night loss to the Bears where they looked as bad as they did on Sunday against the Bills? Right. I said, that's a disqualifying loss. You yep. don't get to the postseason with that kind of a performance. The Vikings are going to have to show that it was a fluke. And the only way to show that is to win one of the next two games and ideally win both of them. Then everyone will forget about that game against the Bills. What has gone amiss with the Houston Texans? Well... I don't know. The offensive line is not good. And remember, this isn't the same offense as last year. Bill O'Brien came up with a new offense for this year, aimed at getting the most out of Deshaun Watson, and so far it hasn't worked. And to lose at home to the Giants in a game that you have to win. You have to win this. It's your home opener. If you're a serious contender in the AFC South, you have to win this game. And look, the good news is the Jaguars and Colts also lost. The Titans are 2-1, and though. And the Texans had the Titans beat week two. Like you got to win the games that you can when you can, and they're falling behind in that division. And the only good news for Bill O'Brien, the head coach of the team, is he got an extension through 2022. So without that, I think he'd be on the hot seat right now. I think one of the odds makers has him as the the favorite to be the first one fired. But I, he's got he's got a contract for five years. It would take a lot for Bob McNair, the owner of the team, to fire him. Profootballtalk.com is the first place I saw this. I believe the player's name is William Hayes. He played for the Miami Dolphins, and he hurt his knee trying to properly execute a National Football League in 2018 tackle, right? Well, I mean, that's what they say. They say that he injured his knee because he was trying not to put his full body weight on quarterback Derek Carr. That's not the right technique to use, though. It's not hit him square up and then try to try to put your knee down so you don't land with your full body weight. The right way to do it is you, you wrap and you roll. Wrap and you roll. And they got those tackling dummies that are motorized now. And I don't know why every team in the NFL isn't making that one of their daily drills. Wrap and roll on that moving dummy so you can get the quarterback to the ground without landing on top of him. That's what the NFL is trying to get away from. Unless, unless, there's a movement now, multiple reports that the competition committee is going to have a conference call next week. And remember what happened with the lowering the helmet rule. They announce, we have not changed the rule, we're not going to change the rule, and then they say how they changed the rule. So look for some attention to be given to striking a better balance on roughing the passer. And, you know, it's not going to be any consolation to William Hayes of the Dolphins, but this body weight issue and the driving the quarterback into the ground, the burping of the quarterback, there may be some change in the enforcement because so many people have have taken a stand and said that this is not acceptable. And the, on the other side of that coin, the NFL wants its quarterbacks healthy. Look at the 49ers. They're going to have C.J. Beathard for four primetime games from week six to week ten. Yeah, good luck getting good ratings with C.J. Beathard and not Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what the NFL is trying to avoid. So Football feast. The Patriots September for show and December on for dough. But do you sense problems with the Patriots that cannot be fixed? I Well, no, because I think Bill Belichick has proven he can fix any problems that the Patriots may have. And they have Julian Edelman coming back after week four. And at some point, they're going to work Josh Gordon into this offense. Defensively, though, remember after they beat the Texans, everybody said, oh, they've, they've solved their problems defensively. Now they were missing three starters due to injury on Sunday night, not that Eric Rowe contributed much week two against the Jaguars, but 
I mean, he's one of the three who was out. Cornerback Eric Rose, safety Patrick Chung, and defensive lineman Trey Flowers were out. But yeah. I, I, it, it, they just seem like – here's my read on the Patriots. They will give you maximum effort. They will give you maximum preparation. They will give you maximum brain power when it comes to scheming and performing and getting the most out of your physical abilities. But there comes a point where – you just aren't good enough from a talent standpoint. You know, somebody pointed out that early in the game it looked like the Patriots were picking up what the Lions' plays were going to be. Okay, fine, you're picking up their plays, but if you're not good enough to stop them, it doesn't matter. It's like the Alabama approach. Like, Alabama's players are so good, they could tell you before the snap what they're going to do, and you still can't stop it. And I think that may be where the Patriots are, where they know what you're going to do, but they still can't stop you. And, look, this is important. This week, the, the Dolphins haven't won at Gillette Stadium since the Wildcat game of 2008 when Ronnie Brown went nuts for five touchdowns. Yep. The the Patriots haven't lost three in a row since 2002. They haven't lost two in a row by ten or more points since 2002. Mm. So, they, 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 you know, this was not the on-to-Cincinnati outcome that I thought we would have. Ugly loss to the Jaguars. We're on to Detroit. Let's go beat Detroit in prime time and remind everyone we're still great. They didn't do it. So when do they turn it around? Uh, last one. Green Bay's close to being 0-3. Are things fixable for that 1-1-1 one, one, and one team? Well, I think it all depends upon when Aaron Rodgers gets back to full health. They have a bye coming up. It looks like his leg got worse, not better, during the game against Washington. I was stunned by that outcome, Paul. I mean, Vegas and the other states where gambling is legal were daring us to take the Packers minus three. And I saw in New Jersey that the DraftKings Sportsbook had like a minus three, or a 90% for the Packers minus three of the action. And 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 here comes Washington, and they beat the crap out of them. So there were real flaws with that team defensively, offensively. And I think there's something else to pay attention to, and I need to do the research on this. Mm. But look at how the Vikings and Packers both played after that 70-minute disappointing tie. Right. Look at what happened with the Steelers and the Browns after a 70-minute disappointing tie. I, I want to go back and see how teams have performed the week after a tie. Because I, I, I think that that becomes something that is not easy to get over. Hey, um, one minute. Uh, back to our game for a second. What's the best way to beat the L.A. Rams? you got to outscore them. Because they're going to score their points. Yeah. So with Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib out, the Vikings have to come out. You're going to have to throw quick because something Peter King pointed out, the Buffalo Bills defense realized that they can come up the middle against Kirk Cousins. So he's got to get rid of the ball quickly, and they're going to have a better chance to do it with Peters and Tlaib out. So match the, the Rams point for point. You're not going to shut them down. You're just going to have to go out and outscore them. Or, and also, if there's a way to do this, if you have long, sustained drives, yeah. which I don't think is possible, maybe it's almost a West Coast offense kind of a vibe, Stop that. where you do quick, short passes and chew up the clock yeah. and keep the Rams' offense on the sideline and limit the number of times they have the ball, that may frustrate them when they are on the field. So that would be another way to do it, too. Mike, but you got to execute quickly and get the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands. They scored seven against us last year, scored on the first drive, got nothing yeah, yeah, in the next but, 55 but, but Paul, minutes. Paul, that yeah. was different. It that was, was in different. Minnesota, really and was. the Cooper Cup fumble inside the five Anthony turned that Harris. game. Otherwise, the Rams would have won that game. The best. Thank you. Later. Florio. ProFootballTalk.com. The techie is in studio next. You're listening to PA. If you had a white glove and we were face-to-face right now, you would slap me. I would challenge you to a duel, and then I would carve you up like a Christmas ham. On the fan. <laughs> Thank you.
Has um, all of this Jimmy Butler drama gotten you down? No. I mean, it can't be worse than the Twins' end of the season. So anything compared to that is... It's hotter. Yes. it's it's. There's it's, at least something to yeah. grab onto and be interested in. Yeah, like on your, your new cooktop that you just picked up from Warner Stallion. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that, that, um, you have that thing that goes from one to nine. The Butler thing for, for on the heatometer... Is at a nine. Yes. Where the twins bit, you just so, kind of set it on simmer. Negative eight. Yeah. Well, you just set it on simmer for like three to four hours. Yeah. You know, the way you make your uh, your patented um, sauce for spaghetti, uh-huh. because I know you love spaghetti. You yeah, my, beloved BJ. my famous sauce. Well, yeah. I mean, you put the, the marinara. Gra- we call it gravy. Yeah. Yep. And then you put the, uh, the white sauce in after you have chopped up the onions and minced the garlic and... And um, and fried that and everything, and then it just simmers for like three to four hours with the Italian sausage. That that's what the twins finishes has been. Yes, and then after it's done simmering, you just look at it and throw it out. Well, that's what you do. With well, it. well, then then you then you eat it and you throw it up. Like yeah, the twins finished of yeah. the season and the, all of this Jimmy Butler related stuff. Yeah. This is hot right now. If the rumor was accurate, if the narrow casting leader rumor was accurate, that while the Timberwolves were going through media day. Talking yeah. to Johnny Athletic, he was uh, taking pictures. He was in the basement of the same facility at Lifetime. Yeah, just dunking on some Target employees or yeah. something, having their lunch break. Yeah, playing basketball with Doogie and Zach Naren. Yeah, that's. I'm. They could give him a run. Well, that's a, uh, that's an elite JCC reference yes. right there. By the way, uh, Jimmy Butler probably would have been the best player in that league, but it's uncertain. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's a funny because he what it was it. He's in. He was in town because he had to take a physical yeah. related to his hand injury or something like that. That well, he had during Timberwolves the had mandatory physicals yesterday. Right. So the um, the uh, an individual uh, who also works with the Minnesota Vikings works with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. And yesterday morning were the mandatory physicals. And I mean, if they're going to trade him, which they are, obviously, yeah. he's going to have to pass a physical before getting traded anyway. So, so that, I wonder if he did his physical at the same time the rest of the team was there. I mean, that's one way to ensure that you're not going to run into anybody wow. you know. Yeah. I mean, that's an uncomfortable cough. Yeah. That, yeah. Cough, Jimmy. Yeah. Off again, damn it. The doctor's like, hey, get out of there. The doctor's like, for real, though. What? You can't. Yeah. Thibs is that bad? Right. Like, what do you. It's uh the whole thing is it's a mess. I mean, there's no way to say it's not a mess. Right. It's a mess not only with the on court situation, but it's a mess, it seems like, from the Glenn Taylor versus the guys he's hired to, to actually run the team situation. Like, I can't imagine a more Timberwolf scenario than, you know, you finally bring in a guy who had a track record of success in Chicago, and everyone was hyped up. I mean, I, you and I were even hyped up at the time that they brought in Thibodeau. Oh, yeah. And now, you know, you're you're halfway through the contract, basically, with him, and it's like the owner doesn't even trust him to do what he's told. They're completely differing. Yeah. The, some of the quotes he gave at Media Day were, like, just absurd. Like, the the quote that drove me the, the most insane was Thibodeau saying, last week when I met with Jimmy Butler – and he told me he wanted to be traded. That was the first inkling I had that he wanted out, which is just, that's just a bold, that's just a lie. Because, I mean, every report 
whether it's John Krasinski, who, by the way, could report something about my life that I don't believe and I would trust him yeah. over myself, yeah. or Woj from ESPN. I mean, you got heavyweight reporters who do not mess around, yeah. reporting stuff for months and months, and especially over the last three or four weeks, really, really getting in detail. I mean, they knew about the meeting three weeks before it happened. Yeah. And, and I yeah. mean, you you look at the narrow casting leader more than me, and you follow. Well, well you're just looking at different things than I am sure. specifically this time of the year. Um, excuse me if I'm the idiot here, where I never saw one thing for weeks or months that Jimmy Butler wants to be traded from the Timberwolves. But we even like six weeks ago, we're talking Wolves in here on just a random Wednesday or whatever, and we were debating whether. They're going to end up trading them midseason. Oh yeah, or I mean, so well, yeah. But I brought that up like four times with you and other entities. Sure, just recognizing that if if a if he doesn't want to be here, or b they can't financially come together. Sure, what's the right play? Midseason trade or sweat it out? But it had nothing to do with the perceived super special Tibbs come to Malibu. Let's sit down on the white leather couch, and I'm going to demand a divorce and let's work on maintenance payments. But if you trust the reporting by some local guys and some national guys, it sounds like what happened was, whether it was weeks ago or months ago, Butler basically said, I want out. You should go ahead and work on a trade. And and Thibodeau basically said, nah, we're good. If that's accurate and like an ostrich, the head was in the sand, that's ridiculous. Uh, reprehensible and embarrassing. And I think when you people are upset, and, and rightfully so, if you're a Wolves fan, you're saying, well, now there's like a week right. before this thing starts, they're not going to be able to find a trade. I was in a great mood. Now you pissed me off. <laughs> Sorry. What well, sucks, man, because I want Jimmy to be on the team, man. I want yeah. I want the, the cliched bygones to be bygones. Forget the, the rumor involving the Italians. Forget the whole thing. Right. And just, my God, come back to training camp. Kiss and make up, and let's move on together. And if he leaves midseason, cool. If he leaves at the end of the season, I don't freaking care. But Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins, the new guy, uh, the the rookie who plays, who also plays the perimeter, along with uh, I, I like the squad, but I like it with Butler. No, I mean obviously when he was healthy last year, they were a legit home court advantage type of team in a stacked Western Conference. But it even sounds like now Fibs is basically. Still trying to, you know, stand outside holding up the boombox outside of Butler's window, trying to get him to come back to him. And Butler's just like, no, I'm what now, what that's about specifically, whether it's about money, whether it's about relationship with Thibodeau, whether it's about clashing with teammates, whether it's all of the above. I don't know. We may never have a great, clear answer to that. But I I do think if you trust the reporting that's going on at all, as opposed to trust what Thibodeau is saying, and at this point, I wouldn't trust Thibodeau to tell me what day of the week it was. Uh, then I think you have to say that, yeah, he put his head in the sand yeah. for months, maybe, and now got to a point where you're the everybody's roster's full, everybody's capped out, yep. no one can even make trades even if they wanted to give up a lot to get Butler. It's very difficult, and yep. I think while people are very upset at Jimmy Butler, and I understand that, absolutely, like you just said, people wanted to see Jimmy Butler with this team again because it was a good team. I think you have to also look at the fact that his job is to play basketball, and for whatever reason, he didn't want to do that here. Thibs' job is to make high-level decisions, and it seems like at the very least he sort of, uh, let's say, put off making a, a probably the most important decision that he's had to date and may ever have. And also, how if you're Glenn Taylor, how do you go on from this? Let's let's say two days from now they make a trade. Let's even say it's a decent trade. Yeah, like let's say they get okay value, and people are like, it's not a great situation. They did okay. 
How then do you go on for multiple years with these two guys in place in the front office after what transpired? I don't, I don't see how you can do that. Of, of, of all of the Johnny Athletic, Super Special Woj, right. uh, scoops, whatever, whatever I've been reading or seeing that I believe, the the one now, you know, tips come to Malibu, sit on white leather couch. Let's work on divorce. We'll handle maintenance payments later, and we'll figure out who gets the right. chair, the chair in the uh, in the study. Um, okay, whatever. That was that. But there was one that came out where it's like Tibbs said to the owner, if Butler's not here, then I'm not here either. Right. Oh, my God. I mean, if that really happened, what an awful, embarrassing message to the rest of the team. And I don't care how much you think Andrew Wiggins sucks or Cat doesn't play defense or Teague does whatever or you don't like the rookies. I don't care. If that is accurate and pe- and people within the covenant actually believe that, what what a deflating message. Right, and it's one of those, like I was saying, like, how do you, if you're even a player, let alone a fan and all that, how do you bounce back from that? Like, how do you, let's say they even make a decent trade and they're a borderline playoff team, which I think would be a good scenario uh-huh. for them. How do you watch that and listen to him talk and listen to him yell ice over and over again from well, the sidelines? How do you make a trade? Well, right. At this stage of the equation, like... Like the the Hassan Whiteside name bounced up, okay? Please, no. Well, Hassan was an L last year. Yes. Tried to score way too much. He just stopped being Hassan Whiteside. When Hassan Whiteside was playing the way he plays and he got that money, he like I said yesterday, hey, if Hassan Whiteside is in the mix, here's what we need. Five points, 16 rebounds, five block shots, change three others, and grab two steals. Uh, a game. That's what we need. Right. But he wants post-ups run through him, and he wants all kinds of, yeah. Well, that in Miami, he did. Yeah. Now, doc- and they just end up benching him, basically, in Miami. Dr. Zach of Chanassa, Minnesota, now located in Florida, at ZayK uh, for Trey on Twitter. We, we, we text and talk more than people I, know. I met him in here. He was in here yeah, one week when I was He's a fantastic yeah. basketball mind. And when he listened to the 9 to Noon podcast yesterday, paraphrasing on, on the narrow casting leader, he's like, Great. Yeah, Whiteside. Yeah, let's get him. He'll play 15 minutes a game right. in the postseason, which is a great box. Because if you think back to Houston with Clint Capella, Capella was the cat's ass. They didn't use him a ton in the postseason right. because playoff basketball is so perimeter-oriented. and well, pieces that if yeah. they're really interested, and maybe they could give you a first-round pick or something. But yeah, sweet. I'm I'm curious to see. Like, I don't... What about the Sixers? They have like 15 dynamite players. Yes. Like, I saw somebody say Fultz, but obviously they would jump at Fultz if you could yeah. get that. He was an L last year when he but, came But, I mean, why would, you, why would you do that? Like, why would you, just yeah. to make a one-year run and then Butler's going to leave? Because by all accounts, he's right. focused on going to these three or four teams, and the yeah. Sixers are not one of them. But, yeah, yeah I mean, look, if... If they're if the Wolves run off, he's the editor in chief of Baseball Prospectus. Glorious time of the year begins next week. Uh, Major League Baseball playoff, uh, Major League Baseball playoffs begin. NHL's around the corner. NBA's three weeks away. NFL's in full swing. Uh, college football's in full swing. This is a wonderful sports diversion time of the year. Some baseball. And uh, that's that's around the corner. But first, super special Nords. Yeah, you got to win cash, right? And it's for listening to the fan, which you already do. If you listen to the fan all day, you have a chance to win $1,000. A new shot every single hour to win $1,000. This hour's keyword is bank. Put it. You're listening to PA. Who's the, the best, best guy on KFan? Probably Paul Allen. He does the Viking games. Paul, I, Paul Allen. Paul Allen. Paul Allen. I don't know if I know yeah. him. Paul Allen. On the fan. 
Hey, did you miss the fan this year's, but the 2017 State Fair and KFAN merchandise as well? You head to KFAN.com slash pro shop right now and get our State Fair shirts uh, mailed right to your door at home. Supplies are limited, so act fast. KFAN.com, the keyword pro shop. Major problem in studio right now. While greasing the wheels of a noisy bad dream. Good morning, Aaron. Literally. Yep. And Aaron's laughing hard, and I want to laugh hard, too. Ooh, yes. Boy. And when I explain to you what happened, you're going to want to laugh hard. Is it of the personal file clipping no. variety? Nope, not at all. It's an oh, unforced okay. error. No, it was an unforced <laughs> error involving somebody that okay, Yeah. but you don't want to laugh at it at the time because they're helping you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, now we're just Hold hoping on. that this is not yeah. on the airwaves Every, in the hallway. Everybody has, I, I uh, yeah. That's everybody has to calm down. Uh, okay. While greasing the wheels of a noisy bad dream uh, during that break, uh, the chair that's uh, going out in the air, whatever, yeah. went down and got our chief techie in this building, the chief iHeartMedia techie, Jeffrey Manis. He's the king of the nerds. Yeah, he is the best yeah. at every, I mean... If we see, it's like if we have anxiety. Door on yeah. the right, et cetera. As, yeah. a, as a techie nerd myself, as soon as he entered the room, I felt like a really like a vibe, like the king of the techies <laughs> are in here. Oh, you guys are great. And I was like, oh, I better but be you quiet. You guys started talking about the differences between Skyrim on PS4 yeah. compared to Xbox One. I mean, that was really, really uh, scintillating and, and stimulating. So the round in the chair now, you can't hear anything. Okay, so he came in and fixed that. Uh, but the cap to the WD-40 went underneath this table here in the Brian Heating and Cooling Studios. So as he was, uh, he got the cap and he was trying to come out. Well, he misguided the edge of the, he misjudged the edge of the table, and not softly but hard. The techie protocol at this they moment. They have him in the tent on the sidelines. They're looking at him. KDWB has lost the ability to use him for three hours. Yeah, he's the he's questionable for the next remote yeah, broadcast. But he didn't want us to know it hurt. <laughs> The, yeah, the long play with the. No, it, I was laughing at you. It's a, because your reaction, you were not quite looking at him, except yeah. and then you heard it and you were like, "What yeah. just happened?" Yeah. Now uh, this is diseased because it involves my kids and the way I'm going to explain it. Uh, the my daughter at age twelve or thirteen, I can't remember the age. Your kids should not be doing what my daughter. So the boy is in the bottom part of the refrigerator. Okay, this is when I. This is pre-Warner Stallion French He's doors. He's in the refrigerator? Yeah, this is pre-Warner okay. Stallion French doors. It's when I had the, the lower one you opened. The freezer? The freezer you opened, yeah, too, yeah. on top. Okay. So he's getting something out of the refrigerator. Bento is obsessed. <laughs> well, the L, I mean, my daughter opens the freezer purposely, he, and he jumps out, he gets up, bam, hits his head on it, yeah. and she is hysterical for 30 minutes. Yeah, it's brilliant. If he had caught her running around that house for 90 seconds, she may have ended up with nine fingers. The ultimate L. I mean, he was so, was embarrassed, so he's holding back tears. Right. Okay, so then the lip is the lips quivering. All right, now I can't, I have to relocate to the garage because I don't want to laugh too. Okay, because now I'm in the middle of laughing because it was funny and getting pissed off at my daughter because I think she did it purposely, but I can't prove it. She was like, I was just trying to get in there to get floor, so he would do that on purpose. I'm watching an investigation into that. But it's such a weird deal when somebody slips on the proverbial banana peel of life and you know they're not permanently hurt or there's no blood, no foul, yet you know how it feels and it hurts why is the initial reaction 
that little trip. You don't fall, but like you do that little, ooh, oops, I almost fell. Yeah. And then you just try to walk it off and yeah. hope that nobody noticed it. Yeah. And this was that version that's of slightly bigger. And that's the funny thing because it's like every yeah. human brain yeah. is programmed to be like, ooh, if I just play this real cool. Yeah. Ooh. Right. And then I felt like saying, Jeffrey, what's the long play on pushing yeah. on the back of your head and rubbing it really hard to make the pain go away? You know, the blood a, dripping yeah, down your yeah, neck. Yeah, you're under the table laughing, yeah, well, putting me in a weird spot. I apologize for that. I didn't have control of the hallway. Give him a hug or something. I don't know. Don't laugh. Is it Okogi, Okaji? It's Okogi? Okogi. It's Okogi. Yes. Josh Okogi's perimeter defense during summer league. Maybe Thibs just goes, well, I'm going to need a veteran in there without Jimmy, so Lou Aldang's going to play 42 minutes a game. Tibbs seems like the kind of guy who loves to rely heavily on rookies. Yeah, that was the, like, even when they they were talking about drafting or trading up or who they could get, it's like, is he going to play anybody they take for more than 11 minutes a game? I think it's a big question. Even Jamal Crawford Mm -hmm. or something like that saying basically, Mm Oh, yeah, I showed up, and I didn't think I was going to be playing 18 minutes a game, and that was not a good situation. So rookies, mm-hmm. veterans, he likes to ride yep. the four or five guys he wants to ride, and everyone else just kind of has to fight for scraps. Uh, Aaron Gleeman, editor-in-chief, baseball prospectus, at Aaron Gleeman via Twitter. AaronGleeman.com is the web. AaronGleeman.com for more information. So we have tears dropping eyes, sadness, negativity, second-best player, history of the team, probably yeah. not going to play next year. Then you see Lakers media day. With LeBron, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and Brandon Ingram throwing a freaking party. I mean, they're just having the best time in the world. They're better than us. They nicer thing to a worse fan base. Like I feel like it's they're what the are you talking they're about? the That's Yankees a, fans of mm, the NBA. I don't know. I'm not with you on that. They one. could go a le- because I, they keep that team super popular even when it's losing. Yes, but here's all I'm saying: they could have gone a couple more years with a rough team just to kind of experience that. I think. It would be nice. Wolves fans have gone 19 out of the last... Everybody wants to go to L.A. That is true, and I think we are seeing like the, the power shift, and partly I think it's because of max contracts yeah. and the shorter contracts, mm-hmm. is that players with one year remaining, like Butler or Kawhi Leonard, yeah. can basically decide, I don't want to be here anymore, and that's a relatively new thing, and it's relatively exclusive to basketball, basically get the same money anywhere. Yeah. And you know you can only sign a four- or five-year deal, so it's not like they can offer you a 10-year crazy deal. Yeah. So if you can get the same money and the same deal anywhere, you might as well just pick where you want to be. Yeah. And we're seeing that with Leonard, and we're seeing it with Butler. Obviously, LeBron James basically did the same thing. Nordo? How do you think the hardcores in L.A. are taking LeBron beef? Well, but there's a faction of Lakers fans that think about the real Lakers were the Showtime Lakers. Mm-hmm. The real Lakers was raising no. Kobe Bryant and yeah. Championships, yeah, you know, and then now in this new age where shorter contracts go get that cash, yeah, there's not the equity of building the type of dynasty. Art minus Kevin Durant, yeah, but there's got to be a faction of of Lakers fans that are like, okay, we're happy for LeBron, we we will have a chance to win, and and that's all good and well, everything. They're idiots, but it's if anybody it's different. Out, if anybody out there thinks that way because of their adoration and love for Kobe Bryant which is the most recent polarizing late team, Magic Johnson. You know, uh, a long story longer, if, they, if they're if they looking at it that way, they're foolish because they, they're all of a sudden relevant, you know? Oh, I mean, yes, absolutely. But in addition to constantly getting compared to Michael Jordan for his whole career, yeah. LeBron is definitely going to get compared to Kobe. I mean, that's inevitable. Because here's, I think, the tricky part of the Lakers situation is that they're not, I don't think, going to be great this year. I think they'll make the playoffs because I think any team with LeBron is going to make the playoffs. But I don't yeah. think they're going to be a great team this year. Mm-hmm. And so you're basically banking on 
building up goodwill initially and then bringing in a Jimmy Butler or a Kawhi Leonard or Sron not aging at all. But if you're a Lakers fan and you've been sitting through yep. some of the, I mean, these were a couple rough, two, three rough seasons. Yeah. They had some decent young guys, but they weren't great last year. I, you have to be thrilled about it. But yeah, I think it's inevitable that he's going to get constantly compared to Kobe. Because I spent four minutes on baseball reference in the sinkhole yesterday. Give me your best 15 seconds on each of these. Okay. Since mid April that the twins knew about and the Dodgers probably knew about and, I wonder, like, what good did it do playing through that? Why not shut him down for a little bit? He's hurting himself and the teams. All of Eduardo Escobar's numbers, batting average, OPS, OPS+, plus, OBP, you're down with OPP, are down with Arizona compared to 2018. I think he's going to get paid much more than Dozier is going to get paid as a free agent at yeah. the very least. Um, Rod Squad September has not been great for the Athletics. Six earned runs allowed in eight appearances. That was, I think, the danger with him is given his age and sort of the his painting the corners with a lot of walks and a lot of base runners all fall apart. Uh, with that said, if he pitches a scoreless inning in the wild card game mm-hmm. from the Ace Pro interview, that's a successful trade. Trash talking aside or, or joking aside, have you warmed up to Mike Fires? As a fifth starter or fourth starter yes. for the Twins next year. I'm the one who said that that should oh, be yeah. your focus. Yeah. One year deal with an option for Mike Fires to be your fourth or fifth starter. Sign me up. Even at, I think if he signs with the Twins, he yeah. has to come on and talk to How them. come I've loved him since May and you haven't? I'm, I, listen. I, I loved him when he was with the Tigers and he upset the Red Sox. What Sometimes when a truly great baseball mind Thank you. comes out with a revolutionary take that is sort of outside the box, Thank you. A, a mediocre baseball mind such as myself, it takes him a minute to be like, what is he yeah. even talking about? And then, um, Who do you like to win the World Series and why? Uh... Right. Who should I? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick. Uh, beloved, does beloved BJ recognize how lucky she is to have you in her life? I would say whatever the opposite of that is. That okay. is her, generally her yeah, point of view on it. She's an idiot if she doesn't. If she doesn't recognize every day how lucky it is that you love her. Uh, I honestly, I think just to have the post World Series party. That's cool. I think people are putting too much weight on the Red Sox regular season record. Mm-hmm in declaring them the overwhelming favorite oh, for yeah. the playoffs. So I think yep. betting against them winning the title yeah. and taking the field. Then Russo Radio in studio 25 minutes from now. Minnesota Wild preseason conversation. But uh, before all that, how about some John D. Filippo and the Vikings report? Time now for the Vikings report on the From Quick Trip. Hey, John, when when you lose Dalvin Cook, what, what are you losing overall offensively? Um, well, obviously, you're losing one of your most explosive playmakers. Uh, you know, I think down in the passing game as well. Um, you know, he's had a couple of explosive pass pass games, and uh, so I think he brings a lot to the table. And, and I think that you know, when you're, if you're a defensive player, you know, looking across the line of scrimmage and you see him out there, you know, there's a lot of things he can put on tape that he can do with success. What about tight end David Morgan? What did you miss there? You know, Dave uh, Johnny on the spot in terms of. You know, always doing the right thing and being in the right place at the right time. When you watch the first play of the game against Green Bay, uh, you know he's the fourth, fourth in progression. He gets the football. He does his job. Uh, Dave is a you know consummate pro that just just does his job right all the time. This has been the Vikings report with offense on the fan by Whiting Clinic. Seven a.m. to ten a.m. Pacific. Uh, we uh, we. As a group, fly this evening to uh, Los Angeles. Uh, we arrive middle of the evening, and uh, then nine to noon tomorrow originates from the lobby at the Vikings team hotel. That was a tough bucket. At trying to get people for seven a.m. until seven thirty-five or eight, it actually 
Uh, well, it was an easy booking, but it was difficult trying to craft this biatch. Yeah, yeah. So then from there, a former Vikings tight end, Byron Chamberlain, lives close to the team hotel. I stopped by for a couple of segments. That's going to be sweet. He's very up to speed on the NFL. After that, Pete Bursich will join yours truly from the lobby in Los Angeles. In the second segment with uh, Pete and I, which would be basically 1055 Central, Kyle Rudolph is going to come down and join us in the lobby. Chat Vikings football for so good for Kyle. Uh, what's the song you got going right now? This is nice. Uh, this is uh, at Daryl's house. Is it? With Smokey. Can I hear it for a second? Definitely a Smokey Robinson vibe. Hell yeah. It's called Girlfriend. Oh, that's nice. How the hell have I not heard that? Damn, Smokey sounds good. Uh, but then after that, Ben Lieber joins at 11.15 Central tomorrow. And uh, Matt Burke for his weekly segment about 11.35. That's all tomorrow. This is now. News Denord. Brought to you an all-year-round loving Canterbury Park. Get to CanterburyPark.com for all said details. Number one. Uh, we'll start with the Minnesota Twins. Briefly touched on baseball with uh, Aaron Gleeman in studio. But seven games remain for your Minnesota Twins in the 2018 season. Uh, Tigers starting today, three of those. Field starting today through Sunday. Uh, I need to get this out there. Uh, we've been doing, you know, such sweet memories of the 2018 twin season yep. with Lavelle every Monday doing the Clements hot stick of the week, right? Thanks yeah. to Clement snack sticks. Sure. Uh, you went to KFAN.com, keyword hot and white. Is the uh, is the winner from last week? So congratulations to him for the Clements snack sticks, the year supply. Uh, Ryan Clements. My only Twins related question to you is simply this: uh, Is this week starting today through Sunday, getting to Target Field, watching Twins games? Yep. The very last time that they'll get fans will get to see num- Kevin for number seven. Uh, fantastic player for the Minnesota Twins for many many years, and the the intel from those in the nine to noon covenant. Uh, the heavy hitters is our that Joe Mauer. That's it. This will be the final week of Joe Mauer, not only with the Twins, but in Major League Baseball. Wow. Um, I'm not news breaking guy, so I don't cover the Twins like Wobble. If they're saying it, I believe it. So appreciate uh, Joe Mauer's career and uh, cheer a little extra loudly for him when you see him next. Number two. Uh, Wolves Media Day taking place yesterday, and uh, some audio bits that I wanted to play for you and at least get some reaction. And we'll start with Carl. Five-year, $190 million extension. And uh, here's Kat talking about uh, getting that contract done. I mean, it's just two sides had to have great conversations, and we had great conversations all summer. And there was nothing but respect from both sides and, and admiration and love for each other and just had to find common ground. It's just two parts. It's very awkward how that happened, but uh, it worked out, and uh, I'm truly excited to have a future here. Yeah, we're very excited to keep you around as well, Mr. Towns. Uh, more on, you know, talking to the awkward nature of it, of course, you know, bringing up the Jimmy Butler situation. What was your relationship like with Jimmy? I think me and him have to go out on that court and he leave said everything had. So uh, our relationship was, was, was fine. I thought that me and him, we have great understanding of winning, and we always had that since day one until the last game in the playoffs. It's over. It's over. That's great. You think it's over? It's over. That's great, man. Go, go, Cat. Go, Wiggins. Go, Teague. Go, and uh, New Bates o- Jop. Yep, Bates Jop, New Ohio State guy. Just go, everybody. Win 50 games. God bless you all. <laughs> it's over, man. It's over. 
and we're going to get new guys and and hope you know hopefully I slash we like the new people. Uh, the whole thing, by the way, just sucks. Like I mean, yeah, it does. from Glenn having it in the first place, yeah. the negativity around it. Uh, there was the ESPN report yesterday. Uh, and it should have, I, I assume it was reported by John Krasinski locally because he's already been all over this, John Krasinski of The Athletic. Yeah. Uh, but that uh, he did, uh, Thibodeau made one last uh, attempt yesterday to get with Jimmy and to uh, an understanding like Cat yep. was talking about in his relationship with Jimmy. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Butler apparently remains disinterested in uh, in remaining with the team. And here's Tibbs yesterday on, on that trade request that was made by Butler. Is there ever a good timing for that type of request? Probably not, but the one thing, we know how like how Jimmy's value, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna make a bad deal. We're gonna make sure we make a good deal. And the deal has to make sense for us. So if the deal has to make sense, does it make sense to try and push something through this week, PA? I mean, technically he's under contract with the team. So they could just sit on him, and he could either sit at the bench. They could tell making sure they, quote-unquote, do not get a bad deal for Jimmy. Um, how do you think this thing plays out as it moves forward? I mean, the rumors we've heard. I got trading right now. I either need, I either need a confab that involves everybody. Taylor, Thibodeau, Cat, all, all the key parties involved with Jimmy. And the thing takes like seven or eight hours. I don't care where it is. And I'm sure that they, they probably don't have that time. And then if at the end of that, you cannot come to a common ground, you have to take what you can get for Jimmy Butler. You're, you're, you are, you're in an awful position trading-wise. Because guess what? Like I said last week, and this, who aren't necessarily based here, Jimmy Butler's knee is a league-wide concern. And when people think about paying him what, what he wants now, or more importantly, what he wants later yeah. at this age with the way that knee fell apart last year and potentially perceived lingering effects. His knee is a 50 or 60 and change out of him, but that knee is a talker. And it's it's keeping teams from giving you exactly what you want for a high-end player. Hmm. So it's it's just, it's layered the whole with the 28, Ben in the shotgun, slot to the right yeah. side left. With a quick pop to the right flat. Outrunning a man inside the 15, the 20, the 10 is Antonio Brown, and that's a 28-yard touchdown. What a move he put on the defender, and he was gone. That's 102.5 WDVE Steelers Radio. Bill Hillgrove on the call. Nekarov, go Bucks, go Nels of uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was um, With this whole Butler thing, I can guarantee you this. Johnny the Mouse Mickelson's best friend, which is a bicycle, Wildfire. Johnny the Mouse Mickelson, captain of the 83 YZ Club hockey team. He's based in Plymouth now. Yeah. His best friend is a bike named Wildfire. Falling near the end of the loss to the Terrapins yeah. because his, his best friend Johnny is a bona fide Sky Yuma fan. Yep. Uh, but they could not care less about Butler or the NBA. So if Butler leaves, Wildfire, Johnny the Mouse Mickelson's best friend, Will not be balling. Whew. That's that's play this week. I'm looking at ProFootballTalk.com. Uh, in the over the Buccaneers' last 12 games, Fitzpatrick and Winston each have started six. In the six started by Fitz, Bucks are four and two. In the six started by Jameis, they're one and five. Winston averaged 275 per game, nine touchdowns. Fitzpatrick different teams, but a six-game sample size is a fair way to look at it. Just another notch in the proverbial belt, in my opinion, of Ryan Fitzpatrick 
galvanizing Deshaun Jackson and some mercurial players within that offense. O.J. Howard's jumped out of his skin. They have to roll with Fitzpatrick. I dig it. And he could be taking financial L's because of it. If you remember, he represented himself to negotiate his contract with the Niners. Oh, yeah. Uh, He misses a $1 million bonus if he plays less than 90% of the snaps. At this stage, he could miss two to three weeks potentially here with misses a $2 million bonus if he doesn't make an all-pro team. And his contract becomes non-guaranteed if he misses the Pro Bowl. So a strained cap, no one is going to be working harder than Richard Sherman to get back and healthy. Uh, Speaking of calf strains, uh, Marcus Peters, cornerback of the round. That may require surgery. They're almost starting to think about potential IR with designation to return type situation for Tlaib. So uh, starting corners in the mix there injury-wise as we look ahead to Thursday. Deep diving on the Rams, their pass rush. I know I'm jinxing the hell out of this now with apologies to Anthony LaPanta. In three games against the Vikings, Aaron Donald, zero sacks. In four games against the Vikings, Michael Brocker, zero sacks. Uh, Believe it or not, hate him all you want. Nick Easton did fan. The way Wade Phillips plays defense, and this is a big part of the talker tomorrow from uh, Wabi in the Lobby, is they play defense predicated on two high-end corners, Tlaib and Peters, banging you at the line and getting no help. Um, that That's out the window. If he's an approaching, uh, the, uh, the brain power of Russo Radio. Michael Russo is in studio next. It's 9 to noon. So I see Paul, and of course. Late night, midnight on the interstate. Off the faceoff, wild score. Close won the draw. And the shots moved over, but in close, I think, is going to get the goal for Minnesota. Live, local, the leader. FM 100.3, The Fam. That was uh, Bob Kurtz and Tom Reed calling Wild start to trickle back into the Covenant. And FM 100.3, The Fam. Uh, First and foremost, we welcome back Russo Radio. Michael Russo, The Athletic, theathletic.com. I'm very, very excited to start chatting with you more frequently. Mix in some Vox, uh, Vox's Boudreau beginning next week. It's all right in front of us, Mr. Russo. Good morning. Yeah, it's really good. I was listening to you and Aaron talking, and uh, I came up with one that, you know, when you uh, somehow trip and then pretend like you didn't. Oh, yeah. Let me guess. Mazel so, so I, I he, Aaron's telling that story, and all of a sudden I had this recollection of when I was, like, honestly seven years old in racquetball wall. That's not and, all the counselors and he looks, doing at seven, but go ahead. He looks over to me, and I pretended that I was practicing my swimming strokes. Yeah. Of course you did. So that is, it's like, in oh, yeah. ba- you know, it's kind of ingrained in yourself as oh, a yeah. young kid to pretend that. Well, yeah. Think about it this way, yeah. uh, because of your, you live your life to a certain extent vicariously through relationship. Uh, and Anthony, who you perceive as arrogant, if, if Anthony is, confident, if, if Anthony is about to start calling a game uh-huh. and you're like in the back getting some Twitter picture or something and he turns around and he hits his knee on the edge of the corner of the table or oh, something. Oh, I will laugh. And he's like, oh, oh. Exactly. But it's just funny when it happens to others. No, it's a, it's a very good point, and it it, it definitely, uh, you know, I think you guys explained it really well, too. It's just you, you just kind of... Can't not laugh. Yeah, you can't not laugh. Um, here we go. 
How good is... He'll be sent to the minors here at some is point, good? I would think. Uh, yeah, I think he's good. Yeah, the, the problem with him that he's always going to have to deal with is the stigma of being undersized. You know, he's he's five foot eight, supremely skilled, uh, on the power play, could be very productive. Uh, but in the NHL, he's got to play a top six role. And obviously on the wild, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of depth um, on guys that are probably would be called up ahead of him. Even Justin Kloos has had a really good camp. Yeah. So. You know, he's just kind of caught in that position, and it's just, you know, if he was three, four inches uh, taller, he'd probably be an NHL player. Um, Even the Colorado Eagles. It was like their ECHL team. Landeskog, Claude Lemieux. They weren't in the game. Come on. They weren't in the game. If he, I, I will give How about this? McKinnon? I'll make a deal with you. What? I guarantee you that Alex Daylock will be the sacrificial lamb. Oh, did I say that? Sacrificial uh, uh, hamburglar <laughs> and his last run. Uh Maybe. Uh, so Dubnik into Staylock, is that your prediction? Oh yeah, I mean, it, you know, they, they. I mean, Alex is is the guy. Uh, I like Andrew, but they didn't even. Yeah, Hammond they, looked good against Winnipeg. Yeah, when I, I thought was he did. I thought he did, and and but uh, this is Alex's uh, job to me, and he has done spills, so I need him to win that job. The, the one thing, and and to me is, it, it really depends on who the Wild think they can get through waivers. You know, if all, if you think you can get Hammond through waivers. Um, and and slide them through. I think that you got to try that. But if you think Alex is the guy that can get through waivers and Andrew can't, maybe you got to make that decision. So mm-hmm. I, I just I'd be shocked at this. And there, um, he he didn't help you though in the Buffalo game the other day, did he? Uh, no, not really. He was at the right hand of the announcer, just like uh, Russo Radio. And was he as uncomfortable? Was he inco- as look, uncomfortable there look, as I am when they're losing? Look, here's the deal. This is not a football segment. Okay, I am in the lobby at the L.A. Team Hotel tomorrow. Not only for the listening audience, uh-huh. not only for Bossberg and and his concern with the Vikings' offensive line, yeah. but for my mental health. Now, good point. No Buffalo references. Okay. Um, now, big question. Oh, first, outside of hockey, and this is super special uh, double hockey segment, cool. Uh, at the athlete, contacting me. Uh, before auto resubscribing me, yep, and then I got this cool XL black uh, athletic shirt that I'm actually bringing to Los Angeles. That's awesome, very cool. Um, and, and you know I like the NBA and the NBA athletics. If you like reading, and I do, the athletics staff covering the National Basketball Association. Yeah. Oh my God, it's good. They're so talented and on top of things and. They're just providing so much. It's probably cool for for John right now is now he's part of this team that yeah. I've gotten to be part of with the NHL writers for a long time here yeah. now. And there is just something cool of that is when you kind of commiserate. I mean, we're doing all sorts of like our previews that are going to be out next week in the are in our NHL and, the, yeah. and 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 that's kind of a real neat thing that we can all combine our resources and sources and come up with great stuff and. No, I'm really proud of uh, every everything John writes. I'm really proud of the, the guy. Is just what what he does covering the wolves is yeah. just again second to none. And then you add the fact of his national experience yep. and stuff that he could do. And the, the NHL now we hired today our Carolina and Vegas writers. So now we have writers in all 31 cities. Sweet. Um, and obviously we have many many contributors and other NHL writers. We probably have 50 full time NHL writers right now. It's crazy. Hey. Wild. I still look uh, at that seven-game road trip uh, uh, at the that starts at the end of the month as as something that they better have some sort of cushion going in, and yeah. and uh, you know it starts off right away in a very very tough building as Wild fans. Soda as he show, showed last year, getting nine points in four games, yeah, and ran in nine points in four games. So, um, but I like right now what I see on the ice. First of all, they're healthy. Knock on wood, if you're a Wild fan, yeah, um, and. 
Suter looks good right now in practice. I know Wild fans are a little skeptical because they haven't gotten to see him, but I've gotten to see him every single day, and it's just remarkable. Coyle are healthy right now. And uh, th- I'll tell you, that third line with uh, Coyle, Greenway, and, and Erickson Eck looks yeah. really good. Now, you don't want to over... in the Winnipeg game. Yeah, from a hyperbole standpoint, I don't want to exaggerate um, what a line can do in the in the XL Coyle. Look, we've been saying that for six years. So he even he's not going to just you know go run for the hills because Coyle had a hat trick the other night. Yeah. Um. But but right now uh, they're the chemistry that you see on all th- top the, on the top three lines are really good. And when's the last time again last night Matt Reed? Right. And so now all all of a sudden the guy in the two way deal might knock a guy with a one way contract out of a job at least to initially to start the year. So J T Brown may be dead. Well, I wouldn't say that, but I you know I hadn't heard of he, Reed until I started reading your yeah, story yesterday. Yeah, I mean you know he had he's played four hundred thirty seven games. He's had a couple twenty goal seasons for the Philadelphia. Made that clear yesterday. And again, Bruce isn't the GM. There's contractual situations that they do have to think about here. One guy makes six fifty if he plays six eighty three if he makes is in the minors. The other guy makes two hundred if he's in the minors and read. And that's hey, four hundred thousand dollars is real money. So they've got to make that decision. Yeah. And then the other one is you know we keep on saying JT was Hendricks. I agree. Hendricks what Hendricks also has going for him, um, even though JT is probably the the faster guy and the right shot which they've been looking for is Hendricks can play center, um, where JT is not usually that type of position. Sources tell me Jared Spurgeon never oh. has looked better. Oh man! Well, I don't know about. I wouldn't say I don't know about that because this guy always. You realize how hurt he was in the playoffs. He had no right playing in that series, but right. he was doing it out of courage because this team was without Suter. Yeah, this it took him eight weeks after the playoffs to rehab his hamstring. He was playing on a torn hamstring in the playoffs, and and not only that, the the pain of playing on that hamstring caused. Jets, and I'm not going to say tell you that the Wild would have beaten the Jets if they had a 100% Spurgeon and Suter in the lineup. Yeah. But uh, you realize right away when you're playing a bunch of undermanned guys, inexperienced guys, and then you have Spurgeon who's not 100% playing. Um, as they have a couple of odd, uh, you know, alignments yeah. on their power plays that I wrote about in the Athletic the other day, and and so we'll see if that continues. Again, they're playing preseason hockey right now against. Uh, not great lineups. It's a totally different atmosphere when that when Vegas comes rolling. Some Vikings-related phone calls about 30 minutes from now. But first, Nordo and money. Another hour of listening to the fan means another opportunity for you to win $1,000. Listen to the fan all day for that shot to win $1,000 every single hour. The word bills. I know it hurts for some of you fans out there, but text the word bills to 200-200 for your chance to win $1,000 this hour. Standard message and data rates apply. You're listening to P.A. He's pretty dreamy. I'm not going to lie. He's fantastic. On the fan. Head on up to Champlin for the Friday football feast. It's going to be Charge for sure. Me, Nordo for sure. P.A. most likely for a stretch of it. And it's in Champlin at B-Dubs Friday, 9 to noon. Be there for the boom and get the complete broadcast schedule. So Radio 9 to Noon, The Athletic and TheAthletic.com. Will Jordan Greenway be markedly better to his little uh, six-game stretch at the end of the regular season? And, and that's obviously understandable. And Yeah. And, uh, man, he looks great now in, in the middle. And he's got Erickson Eck, who's playing awesome. I, again, it's I know it's I keep on throwing the caveat in that it's yeah. preseason, but Erickson Eck looks like a completely Barely. different player to me. He's scoring. Again, this line... 
what what you hope about the line is that it's it, it's it's constructed in a way in Bruce's mind to free up Miko to be more offensive on a line with Nino and Parisi. Now that's easier said than done with Miko. We all know that he's always going to be defense first. Yeah, but where and mm-hmm. you know should have been in the Calder in the uh, Selkie running. But where he needs to be better is is offensively, especially if you're going to play with Parisi, who's playing awesome right now. Yeah. So if if you can convince Miko that a lot of the defensive load and responsibility can be taken on by a Greenway, Coyle, and Erickson Eck, yep. maybe that'll get him to, you know, Greenway looks like a heck of a player. He will, you know, he he, he was on the PK the other night. He didn't look totally comfortable there. Um, and But he's going to probably, they're going to want him playing special teams, and it's not going to be the power play initially. So he's going to have to get used to that position with a, with a guy like Eck. Russo Radio, how does Zach Parisi look? He looks really good. Yeah, no, no, he's played yeah. two games. He scored in both of them. We okay. joke that he's got a five-game goal streak if you go back to those three playoff games. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, I'm on board with that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's playing really well. He's, you know, Him and Nico look like they're picking up where they left off during Parisi's really, really good hot stretch. Mm-hmm. Down the stretch where he had 12 goals in 16 games was one of the hottest goal scorers. Uh, they've shown, especially on the power play, it could be really good. But I, I like the way that Zach looking right now and again I, I've said it all along I know it's a broken record but if he could start the way that he finished that's a coup I know that wild fans are really in a lot of ways disgruntled and, and disappointed that there weren't some earth-shattering moves this offseason but if yeah. their moves are internal and Coyle and Nino are almost like acquisitions and uh and then you can go into the season with uh, three solid lines. Michael, will we forever be sweating a Parisi injury given we are in the latter stages of his career? Well, look. Uh, pro- is it an every-game sweat? No, I don't. The back is healthy. And if you look at about a couple years ago when he had all the different problems, the knee, that was that was something that happened in a game. can't remember. I think it was James Neal. Um, maybe I'm getting my uh, James Neal infractions mixed up. Um he plays a rugged, courageous style where he's he's not going to stop being Zach Parisi going in the corners, going in the front of the net. And anytime yep. you play that style, regardless of age, you're an injury risk. But right now, he's skating great, and he just looks really good on the ice to me. What's up with your power play story and the tie to the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, uh, so the Winnipeg Jets have an all-righty top power play. And the Wild are going to go with the wrinkle of having an all-lefty top power play. And I know when Wild fans saw it the other night, I was getting a lot of tweets about it. So I went to the main man, Bruce Boudreau, and his assistant coach, Dean Evison, to talk about Wall. So they said, who's our best playmaker? They say Granlin. So they put him on the left half wall. And then what you want to do is you want to have lefties that could be in one-time positions. Yeah. So they put Stahl in the right circle, Zucker up top, Nino in front of the net. And Suter eventually will be uh, the other point man with Groundland. Um, instead, of, right now it's been Brody. Oh, these guys are not Shifley and Liney and Wheeler yeah. and Big Buff. Yeah. Like Suter's not Big Buff. Uh, Wheeler is very different than Groundland. Uh, Shifley's not Zucker, and Liney is a ripper. You know, like Ovechkin, not not Stahl. So it's you know we'll see if it works. Um, the guy that seems the most closer to the net. Um, you know, one using speed. That's obviously what we all know. But I just think that you know, to ask him to be between the circles, um, and what's what's imperative about that bumper, you know. And then I was talking to an ex NHL player about this the other night, and he yeah. he pointed out to me, and and um, and somebody I respect a lot. But he, mm-hmm. but then Shifley can also let it rip. Where you know Zucker, if he's closer to the net, he's probably more cast appropriately than having to turn from way out and just turn and fire. Like in that Colorado game, yeah. At one point, Zucker got the puck. He turned and took like a fifty-foot wrister, 
And, you know, Nino wasn't in the perfect position to screen it, so it was just an easy save, and even if it means changing up the personnel and putting them on a different unit. The Las Vegas Knights, the season points total opened at 96.5 mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. It was bet up to 102 wow. in like four hours. Is is it really that easy again for this team? I don't think so. Uh, you know, not if they have a complete Disney. They lost James Neal. They lost David Perron. Um is Howell going to be as good now that he's not the number two center? Mm-hmm. Because Stasny, I would assume, is going to be in that position. And obviously, uh, you got the Marshall Carlson and uh, Riley Smith line as number one. Is Tuck going to be as good? And, you know, what would really be his soft tell you? Why? Uh, well, I mean, it kind of looks, sounds like Mark Rosen name dropping, but. <laughs> Like I, I hear, I, I hear Molesky hitting the ding. Go, but yeah, no, I went, I went to the USA hockey under seventeen game uh, at Blaine the other day because I, my Hughes. my friend's son is the number one center on the team. By the yeah, way, Landon, Landon Slaggart. Ding. Um. So uh, yeah. and he goes, yeah. And then like you know, we we're talking about how he's playing, and he looked really good. Ding. Okay. And all of a sudden, he scores this sensational goal. Of course he did. Sensational. And I pick up my phone to text. <laughs> Talk Dang. to tell him that, about this goal and to shoot the picture of the goal celebration. Yeah, so I'm shooting the picture of the cell. Wow. So, so wait, watched, was that the Jack Hughes bit? Uh, no, this is the uh, under 17. So that what's was the that Jack Hughes the, bit. Th- those were all the top coached. prospects for the upcoming. And Leo coached. Yeah, Jordan uh, Leopold. Yeah, coached Jordan him. Leopold versus Langenbrunner. What the hell, Jordan and... <laughs> Leopold coached Jack Hughes? <laughs> exactly. That's weird. What yeah. did you see? Um, it or no, like, no, I out? was in Des Moines for the sure. exhibition games and okay. the. USA Hockey under-17 team came up to play against NAHL teams. And again, what was impressive is the uh, USA Hockey team Hmm. won, and they're Uh, playing 20-year-olds, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Any idea if uh, Mouse and his best friend Wildfire went? I didn't see them if they were there. They might have been there. Yeah, it might have been tough to get a bike into a hockey arena. Next draft? Yep. Whoa. You know, it's funny on a totally different subject. We're we're talking about like you know, like the first thing that you say you, that I thought about with, with Jack Hughes was like, well, there's another guy the Wild have no chance of getting. Right? You know, they never bought him out like that. Yeah. And I'm watching. I'm list, I'm just reading up on Dallas yesterday. Yeah. And again, to show you how impressive it is that the like, if we look at Dallas, you would say that Ben and Sagan are probably better than any Minnesota yeah. Wild player. And the the um the, they have missed the playoffs eight of the last ten years. Wow. And I remember I'm watching them the other night when they were here, and I'm saying, God, they have a lot of great who's young. Who's the tall kids. blue liner who's young and good? Uh, Klingberg. Thank you. He's not. I wouldn't say tall, but yeah. he's, he's he lanky. Six, yeah. Yes. All these. Like unbelievable young kids, I'm like, wow, that guy's going to play. That guy's going to mm-hmm. play. And then I look, I'm like, here's why they've missed the playoffs eight of the last ten years. They're getting top twelve picks every single year Damn. for the last decade. Is it still and, your guy Hitch? Uh, no, uh, Hitch is uh, retired, quote okay. unquote. Hitch and now, yeah, it's Jim Montgomery is the University of Denver coach. Oh. Inconspicuous name may pop up and make the Minnesota Wild. Well, Reed's the one guy. I mean, uh, he he's really the only guy. Like, let, let's yep. be honest. Um, uh, Barkowski is not going to make the team. I can't imagine. Um, and Olsen's hurt. So the only other guy was Ryan Murphy. And the only thing I was able to ascertain from not watching yesterday's game but yeah. listening to the radio broadcast is that Murphy was horrific yesterday. Really? Like, you, you could just, Who ripped him? Reed? Well, it wasn't. It was just like the fifth goal. Yeah. Up, tr- uh, passed by Ryan Murphy up the middle, picked off goal. You know, like it was like, <laughs> and it was that like all game long. So, oh, um, so, so Prosser's on the team. Yeah. Sealer's making the team as your third pair. Think lefty. he's not? I think he's awesome. Yeah. And, um, and I think he's going to have a good year for the wild. So the only other guy, if they're healthy coming out of camp, I mean, you know, your top three lines, yeah. right? You got Zucker, Stahl, Granlin, yeah. Breezy, 
Koivun Niederreiter, Erickson Eck, Greenway, Coyle. Yep. So your fourth line is going to be Felino, Fair, and a team. Yeah. Um, Hendricks is on the team. So Hendricks is on the team, so it's got to be Brown versus Reed. So when you ask of somebody coming out of nowhere to make the team, yeah, Reed would Reed. be that only opportunity. You're right the best. Now. Thank you very much for joining. Uh, Michael Russo at Russo Hockey via Twitter. It's The Athletic and TheAthletic.com. If you would like to subscribe, why wouldn't you? Nine to noon does. So does yours truly. Up for the final time this week, formulate opinions as to how the Minnesota Vikings can beat this undefeated juggernaut known as the L.A. Rams. And also, if you didn't get in yesterday and you want to look back to Sunday because it's percolating with you, and maybe you are on your own personal Davenport of love, and you just need to get it to 651-989-5326. Those are the phone numbers, 800-320-5326, 651-989-5326. Call 9 to noon now. You're listening to PA. Uh, by the way, are we in the air here? On the radio. Okay, good. Very happy to hear that. On the- For more information on KFAN radio contests, go to kfan.com slash rules. I can't wait. I can't wait until tomorrow. Because tomorrow might very well be too late. I can't wait. I can't wait until tomorrow. Tomorrow from the L.A. Hotel Lobby. I'm thinking Jack in the Box this evening. You know, being um, uh, being to Los Angeles Handling School, having lived there 1979 to 1993. Uh, 03, 13. Holy cow. Wow. So I've gone close to half my life away from California. Damn, man, I've been here a long time. I've been here 20 years, and I'm 52 years of age. And you look great. So, thank you. I love you. Um, In-N-Out staple, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles will happen Wednesday with Wabi and Bursich. Now, at the Fabulous Forum, it's in Inglewood. And and I lived in the Pasadena area, so it's about a 35-minute drive. Traffic wasn't great, but it's not as bad. It wasn't as bad then as it is now. A straight shot on the Harbor Freeway, make a right on Manchester, head right down. You're going through South Central L.A. with the park covering horse racing the day that popped. Yeah. And we basically were told, here's what's happening. So you either leave now or you're staying overnight at Hollywood Park sleeping on chairs. So jumped in my car, gone, drove right to Pasadena, got through it, saw it start to erupt, and things start to get bad L.A., stuff like that. Uh, So I got out of there. Anyway, uh, when I worked at Hollywood Park, there was a place yours truly and some of my racetrack friends would go, and it was the the original cultivation of my second chin. Uh, you know, I'm now up to two and a half, three, three and a half chins. Three and a half. But the cultivation work at Hollywood Park in Inglewood, which can be perceived as a rough part of town. Inglewood, always up to no good. At a place called Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Well, now Roscoe's has five locations, as I've learned, including one relatively close to our hotel. And there's one in Pasadena, which is probably 15 minutes from where we're staying. I'm taking Wabi and Bursich to Inglewood. There you go. Tomorrow evening to the original Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. God, I'm so jealous. Because it's second chin immortality. I mean, I started going there in like 90, 1990, 91, 92, when it was a standalone immortality type and i think that there are a fair amount of fat burgers now uh so we're so that that's the plan wednesday for me 
uh, for me, getting there this evening around 9.30 or 10, and then doing the show Wednesday, going to Vikings practice at a local high school Wednesday uh, Wednesday late afternoon, so then Wednesday night, Thursday morning, in the afternoon. It's try. I want to fit a lot of things into a very small amount of time. Yeah. And I want Wabi and Bursich to be part of it because, like, you know, in super interesting Wasika, if if we were doing something in Wasika, I would want Wabi to give me a personal go. When we have night games in Chicago, Bursich has rented cars before and driven me around Chicago. Yeah. Or or Howard from Chicago calls this radio show. He had Wabi and I and Chris Hockey one year to his house on the north side of Chicago and made us a barbecue. You know, so that's outside of off the beaten path in the part of Beverly Hills, uh, Melrose Avenue, which is highly underrated, where they filmed 90210 and Melrose Place, um, along with certain facets of Hollywood outside of uh, Groman's Chinese Theater. Uh, Old Town Pasadena, very interesting. The five years I spent 20 minutes from the hotel. And it gives me Santa Monica's right down the freeway. Wasn't a big Santa Monica guy growing up. I hung more at Hunt, Huntington yeah. and Newport Beach, dined at Long Beach. Which is south of Santa Monica. South of Santa Monica. So there there are just so many things I want to do with Wabawin frequently. Yeah. You know, that that this this will be the you know, since becoming a play by play guy, this will be the first game in my seventeen years through three hundred some odd games that I've ever called in an area where I lived for 15 years. I like walking uh, the Venice Beach Boardwalk, too, yep. which yep. is just south of Santa Monica. No doubt. That, that's so a, that's a cool area. Nut- Walk of Stars and stuff like that. Yep. That's all fine. First thing Wabi asked Go about. Go feel neighborhoods. What, um, what is the Uber cost to the San Fernando Valley? And I'm like, why the San Fernando Valley? Well, he wants to go see Vivid Videos. Right. I always love that one. And see the Vivid Videos headquarters. Which is understandable. And just see. They have a museum there, I yeah, think. See what, yeah. Statue right out in front of it. <laughs> you know, and they give away free copies of Debbie Does Dallas. So I told him that's probably a little too far from an Uber yeah, standpoint. that's a tough Uber. But we can consider it. So that all begins this evening, man. You know, probably Jack in the Box, because they don't have one here. Got the dollar tacos. Man, I'm in. Scott, in- uh, so just to kind of touch base between the Bills and the Rams and even the Eagles game, mm-hmm. um, you know, part of me wonders: Do you think it's possible that you know every team's got to take calculated risks or maybe even calculated losses? Uh, maybe they, if they lost against the Bills, that yeah. it would take less of a hit. Well, guess uh, what? At, the- guess what, Scott? At the end of the season, when you're adding up all these W's, L's, and T's for ties, and you look back at a loss to the Buffalo Bills, if you miss home field of by holding back anything against anybody at any time would would be too great they they just don't operate that way like griffin couldn't play physically and or mentally uh, dalvin cook couldn't play because of his hamstring they they didn't hold cook back being like well he'll he'll be more equipped to play against the vikings were 16 and a half point favorites that obviously was ludicrous and buffalo slugged the vikings and the team didn't get up Buffalo was a playoff team last year with players like Jerry Hughes, Kyle Williams. Now they have Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Tredavious White, second year from LSU, very underrated, fantastic corner. Nobody. They have an upgraded quarterback from, uh, uh, in my opinion, from Taylor to Josh Allen, and um, and and so therefore, you know, it it was a tricky beat, man. And if you weren't ready to play, you were going to get beat. But 
absolutely dropped the ball. In, in my opinion, absolutely offensively or defensively, nothing was held back. Because I'm about this, because I haven't gone deep diving on it. I know they only had four halfback runs, and Cousins was credited with two runs, total of six. Right? Yes, total of six. Cousins Cousins runs were not runs. He was running for his life, scrambling, scrambling, trying not to die. So you're telling me they did not run the ball for two and a half quarters? Uh, the final handoff was Latay with six eleven left in the second quarter. Yeah, that's, of that game, that's a problem. That's now, ridiculous. Well, it's a problem. It's it's not only like shock radio ridiculous. Let's yell together. It's a problem. Um, it can't happen. I mean, you you. <laughs> I mean, I don't care how many points you're down, and and then the quarterback throws. All due respect. I don't like any of that. There's not one player on any team who ever should be targeted 19 times, especially when you have a team letting him feel and catch the ball so they so they can nail him, and the clock's going to continue to run. So that just, there there just needs to be a big get farther away from it for whatever the reason. The more pissed off I'm getting, you know, we have the Everson Griffin situation, which which is super sad. You know, and I've known Everson every minute since he since he's gotten here. And as I said earlier, personally and professionally, Everson can be a he can be a very up and down individual. I have a very good right. I can not only personally, either through me or family members I have, relate to what he's going through, but I've seen it and kind of lived it with him firsthand. So you have that. Okay. And then you have the turnovers. And bar slipping and getting outrun by Josh Allen, and not quarterback. Nineteen targets for a receiver. Reef getting run around. I mean, there were just there were just so many things that are of the aberration variety that I just I got to put it in a box and flush it. That's it. And play the Rams. It's Rams week. And let's um and let's uh let's make things better this Thursday. There, Patty Mahomes guy. All right. First, I'm going to tell people why the like why why Vikings fans should just settle down, and then I'm going to give you an amazing Josh Allen, Patty Mahomes connection. Okay. Yep. First off, Vikings fans settle down. Last year, the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Super Bowl, and the Chiefs lost to the Titans in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, but I mean Buffalo. Buffalo was losing by 27 and a half points per game and giving up 24 first downs a game. You know. No, I, I get that, but you know what? The NFL is week to week. Every team is different from week to week. Things happen. It, Mahomes connects him now. Are you ready for this? Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs traded with the Bills last year to move up to select Pat Mahomes. They gave up their first-round pick, right. and the Bills used that first-round pick to trade up for Josh Allen. <gasps> Who would you rather have? Patty Mahomes. Oh, but hey, oh. let's honey, let's let's let Josh Allen play more than two and a half games to see how we let let's let them both play twenty to twenty four and see where we stand because because Mahomes is fantastic and I like everything about it. I understand. I, I understand what you're saying. Appreciate you, Patty Mahomes guy. Packers fans, don't um don't sleep on it this weekend. Ten point favorites at uh, Storied Lambeau Field against Buffalo. Uh, be warned. Jerry Hughes can play right, so uh, Packers fans don't don't uh, play the overconfidence card like yours truly did on the radio last week with Buffalo coming to Football Americana because that is a winnable game for the Buffalo Bills. Behinds handed to him by uh, several times in the Super Bowl. Anyways, I think this team 
It's hard to believe they were three and, or thirteen and three last year. They are in T R O U B A L E trouble. <laughs> Wait a uh, second. I had, don't think you spelled trouble right. Try it again. Okay, that's one thing. On Sunday, they had their they were standing on their neck. Buffalo was standing on their neck the whole time. No doubt, we had we had nothing, and that's what I'm worried about. They were great last year. Now what happened? Right, they put, they put seventy, eighty. Long Neil, season. Neil, they beat the Niners. I mean, they they kind of beat the hell out of the Niners a little bit too. They should have won the game at Lambeau. Took three missed field goals and a, a blocked punt kick to lose. Okay, you think the team's going to turn around that much from Sunday till this take place Thursday night? Okay. I hope not. It it's will be. A, and they may not be good enough. They may not. They may not be good enough to beat the Rams no, right now. No, no, no. They, it's a game of momentum, and I hope they get it back. I mean, they're a troubled team, and I hope they get it back. Oh, I just want your thoughts on you know Zim, defined defensive minded coach, comes in, builds a defense, and all of a sudden the rules change and what defenses can do. Does that have any? impact on some of the lack of success. I think no. you go back to Green Bay with the mistake. And um and it, it the competition committee for the NFL is meeting today or this week and I think I bet you we see some changes in games this weekend. Yours truly broadcast from the lobby of the downtown Los Angeles team hotel tomorrow from nine until noon. Can't wait. Make sure you listen. I'm Paul Allen. It's Thanks the to the pa- shout <laughs> the paddy wagon. Put a wrap on the shout. 61st and Nicollet. Stop. Nine to noon like an alley cat just looking for a piece in front of Target Center on our knees. Pray, get laid, and watch their favorite shows. Give us a sliver of hope to compliment the heartbreak. At least try to build something for our sanity's sake. Take the Bills game, set fire to the remains. Pour one out for these emotional pains. It's Rams week. We got a chip cheering. Wow. Sorry about that. Wow. Baby, Woo. high fives for everybody. Personal foul, clipping, roughing the passer. Not much else to say. It's been a joy. Have a good night. To listen back to a podcast of today's show, visit the Paul Allen channel on the